0: Welcome to New Beginnings Community Church. We hope this message blesses you. If this is your first time listening, be sure to subscribe and check out our social media channels at NBCC Halifax or visit our website www.nbcc.life. You're about to hear a message from our Sunday experience, but before we dive in, every week we take time out of our service to receive our tithes and offerings. If you'd like to donate to the work of New Beginnings, you can do so by going to www.nbcc.life forward slash give. Now let's dive into God's word together. Was it to say? God is good all the time and... God is good. You know, I thought that was only a Northern Irish thing that it came here. <laughs> oh, Nell says it was English before it was Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're, so we're continuing on our series of a, a chain breaker. Who knows that Jesus is a chain breaker? Who knows that? No matter what we're going through, Jesus can break the chains, those negative chains in our lives. So week one, we, we spoke about the chains of fear. Last week, we spoke about the chain of addiction, and this week, this week, I want to speak about another chain that is even greater than the first two chains, and that is the chain of religion. Everybody shared religion? Religion. The chain of religion. And maybe people sitting here going like, I'm not religious. I'm the opposite. I'm religious about being non-religious. And I say it's, it's tougher and greater because when you first look at the term religion, it looks great. The term religion looks great. It's, 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 it's a great term. In fact, it even seems necessary to have religion in order to live a godly life. It seems that way because the idea of religion, it can even look innocent. It can even look like a noble cause. And maybe the best place to start looking at religion is way back in the start. Right back to, right back to Genesis. Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two talks about creation. It talks about how, how mankind lived in perfect harmony with God. Perfect, unbroken relationship, unrestricted fellowship with God. Walks in the garden. Looking and admiring all of God's wonderful and, and then beautiful handiwork, great relationship, great communication, no, no barriers whatsoever. And then and then and then in Genesis chapter three, sin comes along, and we see in Genesis chapter three we see we see the fall of mankind, and we see that there's this breakdown in that unrestricted relationship with God that they had before. Then in chapter 4 of Genesis, we see the birth of religion. And now division is in control. Religion means to, to bind fast. It means to bind again. So Cain and Abel tried to bind fast, or they tried to bind again to God. So they carried out these religious ceremonies. You see, God didn't tell them to offer anything. That's the thing. God didn't tell them to offer anything. They take it upon themselves to try and get back to God, to be tied again or bound again to God. Even though one was accepted and the other one wasn't, God never asked for either. He never asked them. It was their idea as as a means to get back to him. See, I think it's very important that all of us understand this morning that religion was born out of separation. Everybody say separation. separation. Just trying to keep us awake. Religion was born out of separation. God never wanted religion for his people, not ever. He only wanted relationship. And that's what he wants today. He wants relationship. He wants a deep, intimate, personal relationship. With every single one of us. But you know mankind has learned a great deal from their forefathers. Mankind is very religious, don't you think? Really super-religious as mankind. There's 21 major religions today. 21. And if you break them down into subdivisions, there's over 4,200 religions that could be found on planet Earth today. 4,200 of them. See, there's this God-sized hole in each and every one of us that we try and fill with religious activity. Religion, like Cain and Abel, is our attempt to get to God. That's what it is, our attempt to get to God. Now, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong at all with trying to get to God. It's a good thing to try and get to God, except that our strength and our power and our following a set of rules or our following some kind of dress code or any other man-made path for that matter never gets us there. It's impossible. And in a lot of cases those things become a substitute for God. Now don't get me wrong, religion can provide certain things. Religion can, uh, can, can, can provide order. Religion can provide friendship. It can provide systems. Religion can provide programs. But it cannot provide God. Not ever. Not ever. God is only found In relationship. And that relationship can only be found by going through the only door that has ever been opened to us to find him. And that door is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he says, in John 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father. Turn to your neighbor and say, nobody. Nobody comes to the Father. Not a single person comes to the Father except through Jesus No religious system, no religious code can ever get us to God. In fact, the only thing that religious systems can do is put us in chains and bind us and stop us being everything that God wants us to be. Did you know that you could be the most religious person on the face of the earth and have zero relationship with Jesus? That's the truth. Paul recognized this. Paul even experienced this in his own life. In Acts chapter 17, verse 22, he says this about religious folk. He says, I observe that you are very religious in every aspect. That you are very religious in every aspect. Aspect, yet at the same time, Paul also points out in verse 23 that they've built this idol to worship it, and, and the subscription they've put on the idol is to the unknown God. They don't even know who they're worshiping. Paul understood that regardless of how religious you are, if you don't know who you're worshiping, then you are dead. Religion without relationship cannot ever sustain life. Religion without relationship only produces death. And if we're not careful, guys, we can become satisfied with religion and allow that to become a substitute or even a barrier that keeps us away from the Father. You know what fascinates me? The whole Bible fascinates me. But this particular thing fascinates me that when Jesus was on the earth, when he walked among people of the earth, he had this very controversial relationship with religious people. And that's putting it mildly. Jesus went to war with the the most religious people on the planet. He spent his whole life messing with religious people. He did. He picked fights with them. He wasn't very patient with them. He called them names like vipers, whitewashed tombs, fools, and hypocrites. Those kinds of people have been in the church from Jesus' day, so it's nothing new. It's not a surprise that they're still within the church of 2023. Jesus dismissed them, or he got rid of them, at various times when he was healing people. Some he dismissed with his words. Once he used a whip, get out. These were religious people. They had found 612 rules in the Bible, and from those 612 rules, they invented another 2,000 rules. I tell you the truth, guys, when we need rules for our rules, then we are religious. So how do you spot it? How do you spot the the chain of religion? If we don't want to become trapped by religious chains that separate us from God. That prevent us from being everything that God wants us to be. How do we, how do we know? How do we recognize that we've been trapped by those trains? Well, oh well, chains, not trains, but chains. Didn't have trains back then. There's quite a few things that Jesus points out that helps us. In Matthew 23, verse 3 to 7, it says... So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example. For they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside. And they wear robes with extra long tassels. And they love to sit at the head table at banquets and in the seats of honor in the synagogues. They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi. In verse 27, it says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. He said, be careful about following them. They talk the good talk, but they don't live it. They don't take into their hearts, into their lives, or into their behavior, the things of God. And verse four to 47 says, instead of giving you God's word as food and drink by which you can have a banquet on God... They package it into bundles of rules, loading you down like pack animals. Some people seem to, seem, to, seem, seem to take pleasure in watching other people stagger under the load of the religious rules and regulations. They just put in and pound upon them. And they never lift a finger to help them. Their lives are like perpetual fashion shows. Embroidered prayer shawls one day and flowery prayers the next. They love to sit at the head of the of the church dinner tables, basking in their in their prominent positions. They love public flattery, receiving honorary degrees and getting called doctor and reverend and the right honorable reverend canon. Jesus says, You're hopeless. You religion scholars, and Pharisees. Frauds, guys. Like manicured grave plots. He says, cut grass with flowers on top, but six feet down, nothing but rotten flesh and worms. And people look at them and and they think they're saints, but beneath the skin, they're frauds. See, religious people don't practice what they preach. Back then, I mean, they knew the law. They preached the law, they enforced the law, but they didn't live by the law. Does anybody know someone like that? Are you like that? Jesus was very clear that we have got to practice what we preach. We've got to live out what we confess. See, religion is very easy to notice because a religious person will always be able to give you an answer straight away, right down to the letter T of the law. And they condemn that person who isn't living up to that law, but seldom ever live up to that law themselves. Religious people are very, are very good and quick at attacking sin that they see in other people, but they're very slow at attacking it and addressing it in themselves. A great way to know that if you're caught up in the change of religion is to listen to how you talk about other people's sin. To listen to how we talk about other people's sin. Religious people also make it difficult for people to reach God. Have you ever met somebody who makes it harder for people to reach God than it was for themselves to reach God? I mean, they got to to God by following a simple procedure. Pray with our mouths, believe in our hearts, and you're in relationship with Him. But now religious people have added all this other stuff in, and they think there's some other standard that has to be met first before you can come to God. But that's not how they were led. Somewhere along the way, a religious person or people have become uh, uh, to the conclusion that it's our job to clean people up before we introduce them to Jesus. It's not our job to clean people up. It's our job to introduce them to Jesus and let Jesus do the cleaning. Now, I'm all for holiness. Don't get, I'm all for holiness. I know about holiness. Ask my wife. She's going to live with me. And we try not to do anything that doesn't come into line with the path of holiness that we're trying to live. So so we know about holiness. But only holy people are supposed to be holy. Religious people expect non-Christians to be holy. And if they don't, we make it so hard for them to, 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 to come to God because we think that, you know, sometimes, you know, somehow that our sin is going to contaminate him. We should be doing everything that we could possibly do to make it as easy as possible for people to get to God. Now I'm not talking about cheap grace. Don't get me wrong this morning. I'm not saying you can get saved and live how you like. I'm not talking about cheap grace. I'm not saying that once you encounter God, that we shouldn't expect people to, 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 to drop their addictions and uh, drop their alternative lifestyles and their promiscuous lifestyles and, 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 and that their language and stuff like that shouldn't change. I'm just saying that we should be making sure that God is as easy for them to reach than he was for us to reach. Without piling on a pile of rules and regulations, See, I can't expect a new Christian to be like me. I've been saved for 31 years. I can't expect a person who's been saved 10 minutes or a couple of years to be as far along the journey as I am. We can't expect that. We've got to meet people where they're at, encourage them and sharpen them where they're at. Yes, they might do things and say things and think things that we don't like, but that's that's for by that's just between them and the Lord Jesus. You draw them to Jesus and Jesus will do the changing. See, God doesn't need protected. Once someone gets saved, they'll learn a better way. They'll learn a better way. See, one of the greatest ways to pinpoint someone who's religious is that they are extremely opinionated. They are extremely opinionated. And it's either their way or the highway. They're always the authority figure. They always want to be the ones who are right and that's it. Religious people are more concerned about the outside than what they are about the inside. They put on perpetual fashion shows, like I already said. At the time of prayer, if they were crossing the road, this is is back back in the day, they would would, would, would just stop and just pray, metaphorically speaking. Never worry about all the cars backing up behind them. This was a Pharisee. It was an outward, external show-off kind of thing. They had a prayer shawl. The shawl had tassels. God said, when you see the tassels moving, you remember that I am your covenant God. So they made their tassels extremely long. That was to show off that they remembered God more than anybody else. Even the way they walked was was distinctive. They would shuffle in a pious manner. You couldn't miss the religious person. When they gave money, they would have trumpets sounded so people would look and see that they're putting money into the the offering. These religious men were always making this this outward show, but they didn't have any inward fruits. They had a, a form of godliness, but they had zero power. How many of us make a religious show How many of us make a religious show, but our religious activity has got zero impact on how we live our lives, or whether or not we know God? See, sometimes coming to church can be this social status symbol. Some people attend church just to climb the social ladder. Some people actually choose churches based on who they can meet there or who can help them gain social standing in the community or in their business. See, I thought we came to church to meet with Jesus. I thought we came to church to meet with Jesus and to have fellowship one with the other, not, not, not to promote a social status or a political ladder. Religious people also want titles and positions. I don't have much to say about that because it's self-explanatory. But you know that you're religious if you chase after titles, if you chase after positions, <clears throat> so that you'll be publicly honored and publicly revered. And maybe you're saying, Well, Pastor, surely that doesn't happen. You better believe it happens. You better believe it happens. There's people right now all across the world and they're adding apostle and bishop and, and prophet and pastor to their business cards because they'll think it'll give them some kind of honor. What drivel. I think we, we need to realize that our gift makes room for us. Our giftings make room for us. And that any title we have has been given to us based on our gift rather than taking one By ourselves. I know people who call themselves an evangelist, yet they're not an evangelist. They don't even know what an evangelist is, but they still call themselves an evangelist. You call me pastor because you honor the title that's been given to me. See, I I understand the principle that. You can't receive people beyond where you can perceive people. So I'm not saying that we should disrespect those who have earned respect. I'm just saying that we don't need to long for those titles. We don't need to long for those positions just for honor's sake. Your gifting will earn you position in people's lives. Your gifting will earn you position in people's lives. You don't need to ask for it. So how do we get out of the chains? How do we get out of the chains of religion? Well, I think it's to remember our first love. Was our first love rules or God? Was our focus holiness or Jesus? got to get back to our focus on Jesus and everything else will follow. Everything else will follow. If we get to, I had a cracker conversation about this earlier. If we can get our focus on Jesus, then everything that we're supposed to do will happen naturally. You don't need to burden people down with, the, with all the rules and regulations of what we should and shouldn't do for Jesus. We get to Jesus and the rest will follow. It's all about Jesus. We don't tithe because we, we, we have to tithe. We tithe because of Jesus. Jesus. You've got to remember, church, that God is trying to get to us more than we're trying to get to him. Religious religion forces us to do certain things to get them. Just relax. Turn to your neighbor and say, "Relax. Just relax." So here's the thing: Keep on tightening. Keep on gathering together. Keep on coming to church. Keep on worshiping. But do those those things as a result of his love, not to earn his love. Do it as a result. See, God is never going to love you or want to be with you any more than what he does right now the second. Repent of this performance mentality. You cannot earn your way in. You, you will never impress God. Not ever. You might impress people, but you're never going to impress God. We do what we do because we love Him. Not because of anything else. Because we love Him. Then you got to experience the grace of God in your life again. We need to... Get back and remember that we're saved by grace. Everybody say grace. Grace. Stop distracting her. Everybody say grace again. See, we didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. In fact, our righteousness is as filthy rags. So therefore, those who have been given much grace should in turn offer much grace. Grace. Guys, I was an alcoholic, drug addict, Satanist. I got loads of grace. Loads and loads and loads and loads of grace was bestowed upon me. Therefore, I have to give it back. i got to give it back. i got to offer so much. You know, we would be a lot less harsh, a lot less argumentative, a lot less harder to get along with A lot less being a hindrance to people coming into the kingdom if we would remember the amazing grace that we have personally received. How could any of us point the finger at anybody and call condemnation upon anybody? Look at the grace that we have received. I've heard people say, oh, well, I want justice. That person has wronged me and I want justice. Well, you've wronged God. Do you want justice? Do you want God to have justice? No, you do not. Grace. Grace. No, we do got to get involved in true religion. Everybody say true religion. True religion. See, we're all told very clearly in James chapter 1, verse 26 to 27 about the kind of religion that God respects and blesses. He starts by telling us of another way that you can be recognized as being bound in chains. He says, If any man among you seems to be religious and bridles not his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. See, excuse me, your mouth, your gob, reveals how religious you are. Your mouth reveals how religious you are. He says there's a pure religion that God accepts. It's a pure religion and undefined before God and the Father is this. Get this scripture. To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. And to keep himself unspotted from the world. See, real and true religion, if you want to be religious, is this. Reach out to the homeless. Reach out to the loveless and their plight. Guard against corruption from a godless world. The religion that we have got to get involved in is caring for those who are less fortunate than ourselves. Turn that into a religious activity. Never mind anything else. Turn that into a religion. Be religious about that. Be religious about caring for people. Be religious about helping people. Be religious about praying for people. Be religious about sharpening people. Be religious about encouraging people. Being religious about getting in and around people, but those who are less fortunate. See, real religion helps other people get to God, not make it difficult. I've heard people say, oh no, now that you're saved, that's it, you're done. You could see it five seconds ago, so you're done. No more smoking, no more drinking, no more cursing. No more doing this, no more doing that, no more doing the other thing. Do this, 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 and then God will accept you. This is what I say. Okay, you want to get saved and do whatever you want? Go ahead and do that. Get saved. Do whatever you want. But do three things. Pray every day. Read the Bible every day. Come to church every opportunity. And I kid you not, those things that you want to do, in six months you won't want to do. And it doesn't need any man to come along and tell you that you shouldn't, shouldn't. Jesus will do that. And your love for Jesus will put a desire in your heart to not want to do some of the things that you do. It's all about him. It's all about him. And if you see someone struggling, don't point a finger. Don't say, yeah, dad, yeah, yeah, you yeah, shouldn't be, you're bad, bad, bad. Why not befriend them, get alongside them, make friends with them, pray with them, encourage them, help them find that relationship with Jesus, and all that stuff that you're wanting to point a finger about will begin to fade away. will begin to fade away. You're listening very well. Really finished. You see, you can't chastise people into the kingdom. Get saved or break your legs, Linda. Nor in Ireland, get saved or do your knees. (laughs) We can't rule people into the kingdom. We can't even preach people into the kingdom. We walk with them. We put our arms around them. We give them something to eat. We play a game of pull with them. And when we let them when we let them beat us, we say you played well. Not if you're playing now. <laughs> we we'll laugh with them. We we'll cry with them. We we'll help them when they're down. We relate to them, and we love them, and we enter into relationship with them. We put what we know into action. Who knows Jesus? Put up your hand if you know Jesus. Some people don't know Jesus in here. Okay, we're going to talk to you later. Put what you know into action. See, most of us are religiously educated way beyond our level of obedience. Think about that. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14, it says this. This is Paul's answer to religion. He's therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, That's in chapter 2, by the way. In chapter 3, he shows us how we should live. You see, religion is dangerous. Try not to ever fall into the trap. Religion is dangerous. Thousands of people have been killed physically in the world in the name of religion. People continue to be killed today spiritually in the name of religion. It can trap you in a prison of opinions and rules and laws which do nothing but kill and destroy. Who wants to do that? Anybody want to do that? Or do you want to get involved in real religion that brings people to a loving God? That's the one thing that I want to get involved in, bringing people to Jesus. So my question for you guys this morning and the question for myself this morning... Is are we chained up by religion? Do we have some religious aspects in our lives that we have got to get rid of? Church, I do. As I was preparing this sermon, I was getting smacked in the face by the Holy Ghost every five minutes. <laughs> There's some things in my life that I gotta get rid of. Religious things. Do we practice what we preach? Do we feel that we've got everybody's life, else's life figured out, but we can't live our own? Do we make it hard for people to reach the Lord Jesus? Are we overly opinionated? Are we more concerned about what other people think about us than what God thinks about us? Is it just a show? Is church attendance just some religious act because that's what religious people do? Is tithing just an act or do we tithe because of Jesus? Is our worship just an act or is that birth out of the fact that we love him? It's time for us to escape that chain and remember that his love and his grace and his heart is the only thing that we need His love his grace and his heart Jesus loves you Jesus loves you church Jesus loves you you can't hear me so turn to the person beside you and tell them tell them Jesus loves them Go and tell them. Do me a favor. Get up from your seat. Let actually get up from your seat and go and tell somebody Jesus loves them. Come on, let's do that. Go and tell somebody Jesus loves them. Jesus loves you, Josh. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Dave, Jesus loves you.